What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to another episode of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now, on today's episode, we have got on a friend of mine. He is based in the south coast of England. He is a fantastic artist, and this is the one and only Adam Brimson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Zuby. Thank you. No, no doubt, bro. Happy to have you on, man. How is everything going? We haven't spoken for a while. Hi. Uh... All good. Um, I am a full-time artist now, so I think maybe the last time we met, I was still uh, I still had a job. Um, that's probably been what three three years now, I think. Yeah, that's twenty twenty three. So twenty twenty. Since we saw each other in person, I mean, we we've spoken online, yeah. but yeah. Oh, that's congratulations! It, yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you. That's it awesome. Was, uh, it was the, the direction that I was going in, but, you know, the, the way the world uh, kind of went, it uh, helped me along a little bit. So I took the, the good with the bad. I hear that, man. You got to in this life. So for people who don't know you, Adam, and are not familiar with your work, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm an artist. Um, I paint. Uh, I, do, I do, like, traditional painting in acrylics. Um, I do a bit of... Uh, drawing, illustration, um, sketches, and um, I'm also kind of like a crazy right-wing conspiracy extremist right now. <laughs> <laughs> self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed, fair enough, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, man, well, let's, let's rewind a little bit back, man. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your, your growing up. Tell me about your life story. Um, so, yeah, I've always been um into art that was my uh, thing growing up i was um just constantly drawing like so much so i would kind of uh fall behind like on other things like they had to like, kind of like step in and be like you need to like focus on <laughs> you know like the the other aspects of school I, I i always just wanted to uh draw and do art um as i got older i kind of had some bad kind of uh, art teachers, it kind of like put me off a bit, and it wasn't until say, uh, probably about five, maybe six years ago now, that I really got into uh, painting, and uh, yeah, I was just trying to find my way, find my way with it. I hear that, man. And where did you grow up? Uh, Southampton. So okay. I've been here like all my, my local boy, born and raised. Yeah. Okay, man. And um, tell me about the transition of you going from doing art part-time to the recent transition to doing it full-time. I mean, over the last three years, we've lived in, you know, we've lived through 30, 30 years of humanity in the past three years, which, um, you know, people are trying to pretend didn't happen now. But we, we both know that we've, we've lived through a very bizarre time, not just not just locally, not just nationally but internationally. And there have been a lot of shifts in people's personal and professional lives. So tell me what it's been like over the last, let, let's go back about five years when, once you started getting back into art and drawing and tell me the story from there. Yeah, so my, I, I was kind of like trying to get back into to art. It was, it was like uh, it was like my little kind of release. Um, and people would always say, oh, you know, you should, you should do that. You should sell like your work, and you know, it's a it's a difficult um, thing. It's one thing people saying, "Oh, you should you should uh, sell your work." Um, it's another thing to actually find like a way to do that. Um, 
the same as any creative kind of you start from about like the people that are close to you are not the people that are going to be your customers generally mm-hmm. so it's you have to like branch out my kind of i was my sort of political kind of uh outlook and my art kind of began to cross um i don't want to say political as in like I'm, I'm not really a political kind of person although i do kind of uh kind of like lean that way sometimes but they, they cross um to a point where i thought you know the the thing that really makes me like passionate is uh painting or wanting to paint these put the spotlight on these people that i think are kind of like have good like messages you know that kind of like saying basically the counterculture to what things were five six years ago you know like mm-hmm. with the uh, brexit kind of talk and then the trump um and that was kind of like i wanted to to put a spotlight there because it was in the mainstream media it was uh you know demonized and you know these people are kind of like this and that um but i was watching people that were very positive like people like you um and uh not to say that you kind of like you know that you're either side of one of those things but you you know you had that counterculture like message right and uh that was like my my goal really then it was to rather than paint trying to come up with uh ideas of um what i think people are going to like it's like i'm going to paint what i want to do uh these are people that i think are interesting um they have an interesting thing i, I want to put a my own like spotlight not to say that i have like I had loads of people at the time i hadn't i had no like followers at the time but it's like that was the thing that i want to do it and it kind of like paid off really that's awesome man Walk me through the process of taking this full time because you did a painting of me in 20, 2019, end of 2019, 2019. I want yeah. to say. Uh, yeah, summer, summer to it. Mm-hmm. It was just before, you, you know, it's one of these like, funny things because it was just before you went on to uh, Joe Rogan. I remember when you came to collect the painting, you were telling me mm-hmm. about that. And it was, uh, you know, you were just kind of like... Uh, you know, hitting your new kind of like trajectory. You just like from there, you've you've gone on, and uh, so it was um, that twenty nineteen for me was a very uh, pivotal year. It is um, where I made the decision to kind of like this is one of what I want to do. This is like the the plan that I had, the vision that I have. Um, and if it wasn't, if I didn't do it then, I think it would have been really hard to have done it in 2020 or, you know, like, like after. Yeah. Um, for me, it came at the right sort of time. I don't know where that kind of like thing. I just, I, I think to myself all the time, I'm, I'm so grateful that I took the, <laughs> took the, that moment. And I'm so grateful to people like you and other people that had shared my stuff and helped kind of like me build like a bit of an audience before we got to 2020 and things like went crazy crazy because yeah. i thought 2020 i thought to be honest this might be like the end of this i might have to just like focus on like you know having a job and like you know like making but things just kept, continued which is really strange yeah and how was that for you because you know i think it's worth bringing up your your family man um, yeah, you've you've got kids, so of course there's that there's that additional pressure of provision, right? Not just for yourself, yeah. but for others. You you have dependents, and yeah. I think that when it comes to the creative world, that is something that you know I see some people use it as a motivator. I see some people use it as a a reason. I see some people use it as an excuse not to not to do all sorts of things that you do whether that is from literally just speaking out and saying what you believe about various situations society culture politics current affairs whatever it is or even doing something creative right taking that type of taking that type of risk to become a full-time artist because 
one thing that a lot of people really don't understand, and I've dealt with this, you know, as a, for a long time being a musician, is that there is a there's a bigger gap than people think between doing art as a hobby and doing it for a living, right? There's nothing yeah. wrong with doing art as a hobby. It doesn't matter if you're drawing, painting, making music, dancing, whatever it is. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of people think it's a it's sort of a very small jump to go from hobby to full-time living and it's really not it's this it's this massive chasm and a lot of people especially people who have kids who have families they are deathly afraid of even considering to make that jump so i'm curious to know how that was for you and why you chose to do it yeah um so for me i just had the i had that uh middle part taken away i had no choice but to Mm -hmm. do it so like i say 2019 feel uh, very lucky in the fact that I uh, kind of went all in while I still had, you know, I, I worked nights. So I would be working at night. I'd come home, sleep for a little bit, get get up and uh, work. You know, you saw like um, where I was painting from, like in my garage. Um, and I would just literally spend my days uh, doing this, then go to work again at night. Um, when everything went, uh, how it did in 2020, when we got to lockdowns, I did think that it, it might be the end of that. But the, th- the, the thing that ha- kind of happened is that I'd had enough momentum from 2019. I then had enough, uh, savings at that point. Um, I was then made redundant. So I had that middle part kind of like taken away. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like a. I didn't have to think too hard. Um, I had sort of like proof of what I was doing. I'd gone into 2020. We'd gone into lockdown. The It was kind of like, well, I'm going to uh, kind of continue to, to, to do this. Like people were still buying from me. And uh, it kind of just continued on a good uh, trajectory. And I... You know, I, I can't speak. It, it is difficult. For, for, if I hadn't have got, got to 2019, the way I did, before that, I was just painting aimlessly. I was just trying to think, like, what can I, what can I paint? What, what do people like? Trying to find my thing. And I think 2019, I kind of, like, found my thing. I had the difficult part removed. I was then able to just, it was like, I have to do it. I have to. It's... Um, yeah, you know, I wish there was a kind of like a bit more of a story to it, but it's, the, the decision was ta- t- taken away. Like I had no choice; it was like sink or swim. You know, it was mm-hmm. um, it, it it was that that clear. Yeah, I hear that, and you know, it's interesting because you said, um, I think you you said something about the luck to be in that position in 2019, but it, it's interesting because it it can be viewed as luck to some extent, but it's. I don't, I don't call that luck. I call that, that's preparation, right? That's you putting in, yeah, that's you, you putting in the work and putting yourself in a position so that when a certain opportunity comes, whether it's forced upon you or it's something that is created over time, then you're well positioned to take advantage of it. It's, it's not that dissimilar to, to, you know, what's happened with me. I mean, I get a lot of people saying, oh, you know, Zuby, Zuby got lucky or, you know, you, you, oh, you just did this thing and, you know, oh, you're lucky you got on Joe Rogan or something. And it's like, do you not realize, do, do you just ignoring the 13 years of <laughs> the 13 years of legwork and effort before that as if, you know, all these opportunities sort of came out of nowhere. So in my case, it's like, yeah, you know, you're building up all these years, you're doing all these years, put, putting yourself in a certain position and acquiring certain skills. And then when there is that little flash, when you do get that little opening in the door, then you can really step right in and you've got the skills, you've got the ability, you've got the work ethic, you've got the proof to show, hey, I can, I can, I can do this thing. Um, and so I think that there's the timing and I think there's also the, the, the point of just doing, you know, kind of what I call pulling the trigger, right? Because so many people have ideas you know it's oh i want to be an artist or i want to be a rapper or i want to start a business i want to write a book or whatever but they don't pull the trigger right they don't ever they don't do it 
And so then something else comes around the corner. I mean, in 2020, I think a lot of people were were shocked by how many people were made redundant or deemed, quote unquote, unessential or this or that. That's not something, you know, any rational person would have predicted. But then what do they say? You know, when the when the tide goes out, you you see who's swimming naked. And I think that was very much the situation that we had. And it turned out that, you know, certain people were very much caught naked. But yourself, even though you had that situation happen with your job, which if you had not prepared, that could have been like a real, real nightmare if you didn't have anything else on. But because you did, it's actually like actually this kind of this is kind of a blessing because it forces you into doing what you truly actually want to be doing. That's it. I I remember the the moment that uh, lockdown was uh, kind of announced and uh, I was coming home and, uh, you know, I was thinking like, this could be sort of like because for me like the art side of things at by this point um it was it it consumed my mind right it's, it was everything i did right work family art right i really wanted to make it and it, i was just thinking this could be like the end of it because I, I don't know like i knew it wasn't going to be uh three weeks or two two weeks whatever it was right um i was thinking you know, if, if this is kind of like not dealt with in such a way, um, there could be the people may not have money to kind of like, you know, spend on artwork and stuff. Um, just the way, the way things kind of like went, it, it was just, I guess, people spending more time at home. Um, I was still able to um, create art and sell it. Um and going back to what you said about lucky, like I, I say lucky is in, I, I kind of just feel 2019 was like a, a different, a different approach I took. So I'd been doing like art for a few years prior to that. Um, I, I was doing it when I was young. I had, so I had the sort of the uh, base, you know, you know, I'd done the, the, the legwork. Then when I got to 2019, it was like, right, how am I going to implement this to make a business? And I think what people kind of do with uh, maybe, maybe with like other businesses as well, sometimes they look around at like, who are the people closest to me? Are they going to support? What, are they going to buy my stuff? Oh, nobody wants to buy my stuff because my friends don't buy for me. And that's not the people that you, um, that, that makes, makes a business, right? Friends support yeah. you, but you, you know, they're not going to be the, the people that <laughs> they're going to con- continuously buy from you. Um, especially when you're doing creative things anyway. It's yeah. um, there's only uh, only so much like one or, or you know like a group of people can um, offer you as, as a business. You have to you have to branch out, which was kind of like my thing in 2019. It's like right, I have to find like an audience. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, there's also just not enough of them, right? I mean, even if every single family member and friend were to support you, you know, unless you've got some gigantic friendship and family circle then you know you're you're going to run out of people so you always have to be able to cross that bridge into strangers and with anyone any entrepreneur anyone who runs a business is going to tell you that yeah you know most hopefully people get support from their family and friends um but i think think people look look to to the proof in their their immediate circle right they look for that proof um Mm -hmm. is people are people going to want it for you your circle's always limited for me it's like i you know like for the longest time, I'd never sold anything to anybody that I knew. Mm-hmm. No, they, they'd never bought anything off me. It, it took a few years for people to uh, that I knew to finally be like, "Okay, I'm gonna like buy something from you," and that's fine. Like, I, it's not a, a, I don't have bad feelings about that, but it's just you have to step outside of the thing. You have to because I have people asking me this a lot. Um, like, how can I get uh, like a audience of people? You know, I, I have. Yes. Almost ten thousand followers on Twitter, right? Twitter is very powerful, by the way. It, it is the uh, it is the the best uh, social media media platform, even for artists. Um, people don't know it, it. No, that's it. Um, so people ask me, and they say, "How can I find?" And it's just it is the fact you have to find your your niche, your your pe- people that you can connect with, to then grow your audience with it's it is difficult yeah. maybe, maybe like for me 
I, I've again kind of like um, the timing and kind of like you know I was kind of uh, painting people that were kind of you know on their way up you know so I wasn't kind of a, a lot of artists they 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 draw or paint people that are kind of like millions and millions of followers right very difficult to um, get noticed mm-hmm. um, if you if you're doing portraits of them and things like that um, yeah a, aim for kind of like people that are on their way that's that's a good um, that's a good uh, way because you build you build relationships as well absolutely man and in terms of the content of your artwork and even a lot of the things that you talk about you know you've brought up the word countercultural um yeah. a few times so when you say countercultural what do you mean by that um everything that's opposite to what we're getting in the mainstream media right now uh it, you know the, it often referred to as like the uh, clown world uh people that are, you know they, you say it all the time like if if you said these things like 10 years ago, no one would ever like, uh, you know, bat an eyelid. Mm. It's the, the, um, the uh, denial of reality um, as we see it right now. Um, that is kind of like the counterculture. It, it, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of, you know, some people go down like the, the very uh, religious um, Christian kind of route, which is fine. Um, other people are just kind of like, you know, more on the sort of like libertarian kind of like thing. Um, some people are like just conservative with it. And it's that has become sort of like the, the counterculture. How do you the think way that's I happened, it. man? Yeah. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're um, talking about, but yeah. how do you think that how do you think that so many in particular Western countries have got into this stage? Because. It, it definitely seems like in the the past decade, I mean, if we were if we were to just to rewind to 2013, um, stuff was a lot less jacked up in 2013. Yeah. I, I feel like in 2013 and prior to that, you know, you can go back to 2003, you can you know, obviously you could go back to the 90s and perhaps even the 80s and so on. But it really seems like in the past decade, I want to even say in the past eight years in particular, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in the USA, whether you're in Canada, Australia, certainly the Anglosphere Western countries, but even parts of Europe, um, it's just it's just gone nuts. Um, and I think that the seeds of this, I know that the seeds of this were planted a very long time ago, but it seems like there's been a very rapid adoption and propagation of ideas that are, are are ludicrous. And it's been going on for a long time now. I mean, at this point, as we record this, I mean, if you think back to that deadlift video that I did on Twitter, which, you know, blew up around the world, that was over four years ago now, man. That was yeah. over four yeah. years ago. And you know what happens when I log in or I'm just looking at things and it's the same conversation. It's the same yeah. illogical, not, I'm, I'm like... You know, I, I think maybe in 2019, even, even I was hoping, okay, hopefully this is kind of like a little short, short psychosis. And four, four years from now, we're not still going to be having this debate. And all that's happened is it's, um, it's intensified very much on both sides. It's sucking a lot yeah. of the time and the energy and yeah. the attention. Sometimes, you know, even running a podcast and doing what I do. I'm like, gosh, how many times am I going to have a conversation about, you know, how many genders there are or whether men can give birth or females can have penises or men should be competing against females in sports? Like, it's such an obviously ludicrous. Such, It's like, it, 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 that's why it's so bizarre, because it, it's something that this isn't, uh, okay, what should the tax rate be? You know, what's the best immigration policy? What are thoughts on the stuff that people typically used to argue about in politics? Now it's an argument about reality itself. Now we're arguing, okay, yep. does objective, do, does one plus one equal two, right? You've got people there saying, nope, it equals five. And, you know, you're a math phobe if you're saying otherwise. And then you've got people who are like, no, but one plus one does equal two. I'm not saying this from a position of hatred or bigotry or any type of phobia, but it's like people can't even agree on reality anymore. So in your estimation, I have ideas about this, but what do you think has played out and is playing out? 
So my, uh, just bear in mind, like just for people that don't know me, I'm very conspiratorial minded, um, but I also <laughs> try and rein myself in um, and try not to get carried away. I try to sort of, you have to have one foot kind of in each like place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you go back to uh, the mid 20th century, if you go around sort of like the 50s, 60s, it's where they were really kind of like trying out these um, uh, propaganda through um, TV, I guess. It's kind of like that was the new like thing, um, even right down to uh, advertising like with, uh, cigarettes and things like this, right? They, they were kind of like making people um, accept things that ordinarily like they didn't. Um, and I think what they've done is this is kind of uh, as we've had things like, like Hollywood and the, the movies and now we get to a place where we have Netflix and all of these um, uh, techniques that they've kind of like formed over like the best part of a century. Um, they're using now to push like the agendas. And I'm not, I don't say like they, as in the, uh, like there's a, there's just a couple of people sat in a room. I think it's like a, it's a global thing. Uh, people are, trying to shift like power right so they're trying to shift power from uh western kind of like countries to another and i think we've it's been done in a way where it weakens our society because we seem to be the only uh countries that kind of adopt like these ideas that are kind of like it go against reality right mm-hmm. um and i think with the with social media and with that being used on smartphones, that has uh, kind of heightened like this sense of discourse between people, even into accepting things that they don't necessarily believe. I, I, I think very few people believe like some of the things that they say, it's just like, it's a competition to see who can say like the most woke thing. Mm-hmm. But how do you think that's captured um, so many? How, how do you think that's captured so many people? I mean, I, I can understand a few people getting in, get, getting caught in a, a cultish type mentality or something that is demonstrably false and counter to reality. But we're we're not just talking. I mean, I wish we were just talking about a couple fringe weirdos on Twitter, which is maybe what it looked like ten years ago. But yeah. you're talking about from the top to the bottom. You're talking about the media establishment, both entertainment and news. You're talking about governments, not just the government, multiple governments across multiple countries in different states and localities. It doesn't matter if you're in California or you're in Scotland or you're in Sydney or you're in Melbourne or you're in Toronto. Um we're talking about the the academic establishment, the the musicians, the artists, with a couple of exceptions, one of whom I'm talking to, um, people who work in in theater, people who work in film, just everything. You down, even in the police force, even in the military, right? It's like it, this, to use uh, Gad Sad's term, this this mind virus, right, has virus, parasitized yeah. um, seemingly every institution. Things that you thought, okay, surely. Surely, like this company or this organization or this institution or even this individual is not going to succumb to this ideology, but it's just it, it it's just swept through. It's swept through, um, you know, transmitting in. It, it's it's quite mind blowing to me because I've never. I mean, I, I say I've never seen this before. We sort of saw it again happen, play out in a different way over the last couple of years, and maybe those things are are somehow connected. But yeah. I, I find it very, um, as much as I understand it, I think more than, well, I know I understand it more than the average person does, but it's still, it's still puzzling. It still doesn't yeah. it sort of make sense in a way, but it, all, it also really doesn't because you're like, how, can, how are so many people doing this? Yeah, when you kind of look at it as it, 
it taken so many industries and, like I say, governments around the world. It does make you scratch your head and kind of think like, how how are so many people? But I think the it's been this slow burn. Um, of I mean, I didn't really experience this at school. I don't know if you did. I think we're similar age. Um, for me, there, there was none of this kind of stuff while I, when I left school. Yeah. Uh, so not, it's kind of like between. Not, not What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Not at university either, by the way. So, okay, so we're probably going... Sort of like 2000, late. 2007. 2007. Yep. So from that point, it is kind of, uh, it, it's been uh, exaggerated, it's kind of exponentially grown. Um, and I think it is coming from schools, uh, from the education system in some part, because you have to have the younger generation, um, you got to think they're, they're, they're going through their teens and, you know, it can be, can be a confusing time for people. If you get those people to kind of like question reality rather than like accept like truth, then those people are going to go into the workforce uh, with those ideologies, right? And I think when we see the, the, the social media sites kind of really helped this stuff along for, for the best part of this, this last decade. I think um, helped kind of like spread these things. And by the time you get to things like media organizers, we see it with the, uh, the FA, um, you know, uh, kind of jumping on to like brands, uh, to organizations, so to say, as, as like brands. Um, and they kind of like, it's everywhere you go. You turn on the TV, it's there. A lot of people, I think, just, accept accept it as like an innocent thing oh they're just um you know they're just standing up for these people right and they don't really think too too much further about it um maybe they don't know maybe they don't care um but i think when you when you kind of see like the intentions behind like these things you you feel like you have to say uh something you have to, somebody has to um, be the counter culture to to it to um, kind of like make people realize uh, where this is going. Yeah, it's it's a very funny thing, man, and, and it's interesting, you know, because you said uh, you you touched on how this is primarily or at least initially affecting uh, Western nations and especially the Anglosphere ones, but the thing about it is as well is you know I I think. I have heard people suggest, you know, that this is some type of foreign, you know, super deep foreign psyop that's coming from China or another Western competitor or something and that they've kind of planted the seeds. But the truth is, if you look at the if you look at the roots of woke ideology, it all stems from Europe. Um, it all stems from, you know, these French intellectuals and postmodernists and, you know, Marxist theory, of course, stems from Europe and so on. And if you look at the people who are propagating these ideas and writing the books and teaching the children or whatever. I mean, it's coming from the West. It's this sort of self-destructive thing. I think it makes people kind of feel some comfort, especially more, I don't know, I think more right-leaning, more conservative people. I think it makes people feel more, this kind of comfort that, you know, oh, you know, the United States of America is being attacked and subverted by these foreign powers and, you know, the UK is being subverted. And, I'm, and no, no one can prove any of that, right? 
but and it's but if you look at it it's like well it's coming from it's coming from within and it's attacking within right china it can just sit back and watch and laugh like vladimir putin can just sit there and watch and laugh like you know maybe 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 they have some agents that are stirring the pot a little bit but i'm like i i i'm not i i think this is a this is internal it's very internal it is internal but i do think there is outside influence because I think they have things to gain from that. And I think that is just, you know, that, that is the way, way the world uh, kind of works to, to some extent is that, you know, uh, when you say foreign influence, do you mean, do you mean another nation or are you talking about yeah. world, world economic forum, globalist that, types? Both. Okay. I think people really oversimplify things that, that is the, on like a good, we're talking about 8 billion people in the world, mm-hmm. possibly. Right. And uh, I think this is where I kind of like start to kind of uh, segue from from conspiracy theorists is that a lot of people in that kind of like uh, in that area make this a sort of like they are doing something, but there's these people that control everything, mm-hmm. which means there's no... Um, you know, there's no room for anybody to kind of like uh, stray from it because if, if if somebody starts doing something different, it's because they are um, controlled opposition, right? It, it's that's how it's meant to go. Everything's meant to be this way, right? Which means there's no hope, right? There's, there's no. how do you ever get out of that kind of thing? I think the world is very complex. I think there are people. There's obviously um, like the World Economic Forum and they are influencing. We know that. We can see that they're within our governments. Like we, we just know there's people um, that are operating there, and not just our governments, like other other industries as well. And you know, I think Hollywood is, has investment from uh, China, and you know, you've seen things like uh, the uh, TikTok kind of thing. Um, apparently it's very different in China than it is in the UK mm-hmm. or in, in the US. Um, so these things are for, foreign influences um, that are stirring the pot. I think they're stirring the we, pot, it, but I, I think the ingredients were put in by people within our own countries all these ideas all the woke ideas these are not chinese ideas <laughs> these no, are not right no, no. these are these no, are very, they, they're very yeah they, they can be uh, people could, they, if you as an opportunist you would say okay they they are doing look at oh, the yeah. crazy stuff like they're starting to like brew right yes we can capitalize on this so that's that's kind of like the, okay. the point i'm trying to make there right yeah, yeah. is like yeah we we can't as as ourselves we can't we are solely responsible like for ourselves so it would be ridiculous to kind of say like but they're making us do this like we know we're kind of choosing to like uh follow like these or i say we but as as a society we go in that direction right so you're talking sort of the ideas that come from us but the, like you say, it was it, it was a fringe like kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, because times have been so good here, I think there's probably sort of like a there's like a uh, sort of like a, a pattern that follows, right? It, when you have it so good, eventually it allows room for like these other kind of like schools of thought, and you know they they might be in the minority kind of like thing. But over time, it just progresses into this um sort of the the, the woke mind virus mm-hmm. I, I don't know how we could sort of um look at that over history um because we don't live in a time that's like and that's 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 been like anything else yet so you know we, we live in a unique time it it's definitely coming from us but we had the the outside influences are there that I think have made this even worse. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I, I agree that they are using the opportunity. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? I mean, <laughs> if, you're, if your enemy's in the, in the process of, uh, you know, destroying themselves, why would you not 
capitalize on that, especially if you don't even need to put in that much effort to do so. Um, it, it, it's an interesting one because, you know, ultimately, I think we, we both believe that human beings have free will, right? Yeah. So we both know that propaganda is powerful. Of course, influence is powerful. Like we, there'd be no advertising agencies or marketing agencies or PR firms, etc. if, you know, influence didn't matter. And if um, various forms of advertising and PR didn't matter. But at the same time, just because you are exposed to an idea doesn't mean you have to go with it hook, line and sinker. You, you, you see what I mean, right? Like the two of us, like we, we live, we, we've, we've lived through the past same last few years as everybody else. We have access to the same media. We're heavily on social media. We see all the stuff that's coming out there. We're, we're very aware, more aware, in fact, than the average person of, you know, what these ideas even mean, right? You could probably define yeah. what you even mean by woke ideology better than, you know, people who are advocating for it. But it doesn't mean you have to, like, do it. You see what you see, you see what I mean? That's the part that, because yeah. oftentimes people, you know, people like to just, one thing for sure with humanity is people like to have, like, one easy thing to blame. You know, people like to just, uh, you know, it's, it's that, it's that, you know. And, you know, even people just, you know, it's the media. You know, people just, I blame the media. I blame academia. I blame the WEF. I blame this. I blame that. You know, I blame the left. And it's like, sure, is the media a factor in this? But the media is not, I mean, unless you are literally an NPC, the media does not have a direct access into your brain and nervous system and movements, right? If, if the news says something and it doesn't add up to you or it doesn't make sense, you're like, okay, I heard this thing, but it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? So when people kind of just want to blame those things, I think it's kind of, it's a bit of a cope to me. I think it's very lazy because it makes it seem like they have so, I think it's giving them too much credit, actually. I think it's giving yeah. the media so much credit that like they can literally just say something and immediately everyone would just, and we've actually seen proof that this is not the case because we've seen times when they try to, you know, when they try to psyop us, right? Remember when they try to scare everyone with monkeypox or with murder hornets or even, you know, like, they, you know, they, they've had multiple things that they've tried to freak people out with and it hasn't yeah. worked. Um, but then some of them, it does, you know, it, it hits and then they then they double down and triple down and go and go super hard and propagate the problem. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess ultimately with the way I view the world and the way I view individual adults, I'm always like, look, ultimately it comes down to you. Like you control your words, you control your actions. If I go out and start saying or doing certain things, I can't just be like, oh, well, the media, you know, the media encouraged me to. It's like, what? Like, that's not, that's not a good excuse, right? When you had people, um, you know, disowning their family members or breaking down their friendship groups or whatever, because somebody didn't want to get a, get a shot in the arm. And you can't just be like, oh, well, the media told me this, or, you know, it's, it's like, bro, that's not a, that's not a good excuse. Like the media said all sorts of things like not everyone not every billion person on the on the world got psyoped into becoming you know a complete jerk and anti-human person so you know if you are that susceptible to it i'm also like well that's your bad you should be able to see through the propaganda and be a bit more discerning yeah it is interesting because i know people that have um generally for most of their life they don't trust the government right mm -hmm. But they trusted them in 2020, and it's uh, very, it, that that's interesting to me because it's kind of like you you don't trust the government for you know it's always like the, oh the, the you know the, oh, they don't care about us and but you know blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Now 2020 comes and it, it it was oh you believe everything oh they say this it, it's um you know we have to do this to, to and it's um. It, really strange to to witness. Um, I don't I don't know the reason. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how like these these people um, can can be. They, they, people were easily manipulated, right? In twenty twenty, yeah. um, because when you when you even look at it, it's just kind of when you speak about it now, it's just so bizarre. That's something so <laughs> like um, mild managed to to do this to a, a good portion of the world like yeah. um not everybody uh followed but for for us like for you know i can sp speak for here 
it's like a majority of people did followed along. They did exactly the thing. They stood on the the little stickers on the floor. You know, they mm-hmm. they clapped outside uh, on the Thursday at eight. And um, generally, like people before that, it, if you'd have told people to do these things, it you know it would be, but why 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 would I do it? But now it's yeah. like it's the next thing. And I think the thing you mentioned, like monkeypox and things like that. I just think at the moment, the the order of the day is let's just keep like the fear going, right? So it's like, we just try it. Monkeypox. Let's just see if like people are going to like the media runs with it, right? And then the government's kind of like taking notes. Like are people scared, scared for this. Like are they going to? It's just another fear, right? Or war with Russia, fear. It's more fear again. It's, since 2020, we have just been in, a, you know, in a fear, fear state. It is just constant uh, fear from 2020. I think that's that. That's where we are right now. It's like, what's the next thing that will get people to to behave the way we want them to? Yeah, I can't really rationalise it. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, because when I start talking like this with people, you know, you know, people who are, you know, far more trusting of the government and the media and far less conspiratorial than I, let alone you, um, you know, the question is always, well, you know, number one, who is they? Number one, who is the people who are doing this? And number two, you know, why? Like, what what do they what would they have to get to to gain? And I think those are also reasonable questions, by the way, because, you know, when people start just talking about, you know, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing that. And because it is apparently coming largely from within, it's a confusing thing, right? Like if you are a, you know, if you are a British, whether it's a a media person or a politician or even just a normal everyday person, I mean, what would what do you have to gain by collapsing the economy and damaging people's mental health and uh, you know, screwing over millions of children and so on. I, I think th- the way I often view it is I think the higher you go to whatever the top of this sort of pyramid of, of power and influence may be, the more nefarious and malicious the intentions are. And then the lower down, you know, I don't think the, the average everyday normal person, I think I've lived enough life and met enough people to know that they are typically not rooted in malice. Um, but they can end up doing malice under the guise that they're doing the right thing, right? So if you tell people that, I mean, we, we had the perfect example, right? Because everything came under the banner of health and safety, right? Um, and the one thing that a rational human being will trade freedom and liberty for is safety and security, even if it's a, if, even if it's illusion, right? So you can't just, especially in, in Western countries, you can't just like, step in and take people's freedom, take people's liberty under no guise, right? They're, they're not going to stand for that. People will protest, people will fight. But if you can sell them, hey, we're going to keep you safe. Okay, we got, we got to curtail your freedoms and your rights, but you're going to be safe. Your family's going to be safe. Your children's are going to be safe, right? If we don't do this, there's going to be millions of deaths and this and that. We, re- we remember how it was all sold. And so I can see how people who do believe that and think that, the measures or the policies or whatever makes sense, which they didn't and they don't, if you actually really think about them. Um, but that's how it gets weaponized. And I think what's really dark about it is it's actually, it, it preys actually on human compassion. It preys on compassion. It preys on goodwill. It preys on trust. It's not that you're appealing to people's dark side. You're actually appealing to their good side. I think that's what's so nefarious about it, right? It's the same with woke ideology. It's all under the banner of, hey, we're just trying to protect. It's all wrapped in safety language, right? It's all safety. Oh, you know, yeah. these people are dangerous. This is, this is a safe space. We just want to make people feel included. We want diversity, equity, inclusion. We just want people to be kind. And, what you know, they're saying this as they're beating you over the head. Um, but it's all couched in this language that makes it very cushiony. It's the same way. Look, if, if BLM, you know, we, we both know BLM as an organization is a scam, but if that organization were called anything but Black Lives Matter, people would see through it. People cannot see through it because it has a nice name, right? Yeah. Even Antifa. Oh, anti-fascist. Well, they're called anti-fascists. 
So, you know, how can you be, how can the anti-fascists not be the good guys? How can, they're called Black Lives Matter. I mean, how can it not be, how can it not be good? And I think that's very, that, that's like an insanely devious, but clever trick to play because you can sort of appeal to people's emotions and good natures and compassion. And then those of us who see through it and are like, hey, I think that thing's a scam or we're asking certain questions, it makes you look like a, not just a villain, it makes you look like a supervillain. What, you don't care about people's safety? You don't care about lives? You, you know what, you, you don't think black lives matter, right? How can you be against, how can you be against something with that name? You see what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of how they get so I, many people. I've, I've been on the end of <laughs> all of these, uh, all, of, all of these things when you uh, counter like these points and like these movements um, to try and shed some light on what they're, it's generally like the people that, that are involved, uh, good people, honest intentions, right? They that black lives matter. Um, but maybe with the exception of Antifa, I don't know. I only ever see them doing like <laughs> cra- cra- crazy stuff. But um, Black Lives Matter, you know, if you go, like, I have this kind of like thing where if I find like a new sort of like um, YouTube channel or something to watch, right, I'll go to the Instagram page and I'll scroll back to 2020, right? I, it, it sounds silly, right? But I'll go back and I look to see what were you kind of like, where did you stand on like so, like some of the points, right? And you, generally you see the, you know, the, the black square and then you go back a bit more and they, they have like the, you know, uh, wearing a mask. Yeah. Yep. And uh, people just take a lot of things at face value, right? Mm. It's the social media kind of like, okay, I have to, I have to post this to, to look this uh, kind of way, look, look like I'm doing doing my bit. I want, they want to project um, that they care about uh, everybody across all uh, all think what what the next like thing is right now it's the Ukraine that stuff right people with the Ukraine flag in there oh, that, that's, that's, that's a bit old, that's a bit old now that that's kind of twenty that's old now yeah that, yeah <laughs> um, and you know the, these people on the whole like so like you say that most people are not it, doing these things with uh, bad intentions mm-hmm. but the, there's the the few at the center of those organizations or those movements um, that steer them in directions. And I, I, going back to a previous point, that, that they are taking like, money from outside uh, influence uh, investors, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, there are people that uh, benefit from putting money into these groups to, to weaken sort of like our social fabric. Yeah, it's a weird one, man. It's a weird one. I, I wish that, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, what is something else that's fascinating, but even I like to be optimistic, but it is disheartening when I have certain conversations. And there are people I've spoken to online and offline who see through a lot of these narratives in the same way that we see through them, but they still do it. They still do it because they're afraid of, oh, well, I work for this company, and if I don't do it, then I might get it. Like, I know it's BS, but if I don't post the black square, you know, I might not get this job, or I might lose this friend, or I won't get this opportunity. Oh, you know what? Dude, most people who took the shot, I can guarantee this. I don't have a, you're never going to get data on this, because it would be impossible, because people are not honest. But it's for certain that most people did not take the shot, because they genuinely thought it was the best thing for their health. Yeah. Right? That's just the reality of it, right? The, the people who are like over 50, over 60, majority of them took it because they genuinely believed it's the best thing for their health. People under that age group, let alone children, people in their teens, people in their 20s, the vast majority of people took it under some type of social pressure, peer pressure, indirect or direct coercion. They wanted to travel. They wanted to keep their job. They wanted to keep going to school. They wanted to play in their sports teams. They not for health. And to me, that is that is deeply concerning. I, I would have I would prefer it if everybody who took it genuinely thought it was the best thing for their health. Even if it turned out it wasn't. Yeah. I'm not saying here or there, YouTube. Um, but even if it wasn't, I I would much prefer that than to have the majority take it, not because they genuinely thought that, okay, this is the best thing for my health, but because, oh, well, everybody else is doing it or, 
oh, because I want to go on holiday or because, oh, my, you know, my boss threatened me or my, my friend made fun of me or I've had people who took the shot because, you know, their boyfriend or girlfriend said that they were going to dump them or what. And I'm just like, I don't know. There's something I find that quite grotesque. There's something about it that really yeah. bugs me. I'm just like, dude, have a backbone. Like, Here's where's the, the, your. The frustrating thing, right? So all these people that you're talking about, they don't really believe in it, right? Now, what no. better of a position would we be in, right? You go back to the end of 20, 2020, right? Mm -hmm. If they didn't believe in it, they threaten you with things like, okay, you can't go to the pub. You can't go to, uh, you know, the, the, the football, uh, football matches. You can't go on a plane and fly here or there, right? If those same people said, okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, I won't do any of those things. Yeah. And I would say six months to a year, maybe even less, right? Less. Those, um, those restrictions, those, you know, whatever you want to call them, that, that they would be uh, reversed yeah. quickly. Same with the masks. Because the, if, yeah. you, if people said because no the, to the, the mask, if people said no to the mask, it never would have got into a VAX mandate in anywhere. That's it. And so, so this kind of like I, I think this is a good this is a good point to kind of bring us to, to like what the the media and the culture, but us as a counterculture, as in just going against the nonsense, right? Uh, reality. You have to be honest, um, and you have to have have integrity um, against no matter what they're saying. You know, you can be threatened with your job. You can be, um, you know, all sorts of things people can threaten you with, but you have to stand by your principle. If you don't believe in it, then it's uh, not worth the sacrifice, right? When we go into things like people talk about uh, what can we do to like make our own shows, TV shows, and, you know, these kind of things, yeah, we can go, we can do... Like you're an independent uh, rapper, mm -hmm. you don't have a record label. You can do that. We can also make TV shows. We can start our own streaming services, and you know have uh, people like-minded. But we also need to think about just being honest within like the organisations that are already there, like Netflix, and mm -hmm. like in Hollywood, and at Spotify, and you know even down to Twitter and things like this, right? If people stand by their their morals, their 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 principles against these things that they find ridiculous, then we can begin to see change. It's not all about just going off and doing your own thing. You have to stand like firm within those organisations already, because they they are the ones that are feeding like the wider community. Mm -hmm. And until people move away from those things, we're talking like a long long game not not a quick fix there's no one thing that we can do today that's going to make it everything okay tomorrow it's all a process it's a constant like battle and it begins with people being honest um and having a bit of uh integrity um to all of these like issues for real man people please Tell the truth and do not entertain, do not entertain blatant lies. Uh, we could avoid so many problems, <laughs> so many problems if people didn't just be deceitful and give in to the deceit and try to, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I've, I've been thinking for many, many years of how to inject people with this courage. Um, you know, if, if they're going to roll out a vaccine, I wish they were like a courage vaccine that they could just roll out. <laughs> <laughs> just roll out or, or some kind of truth serum just all right you're not allowed to lie right everyone take this everyone take this and you can no longer lie everyone in the media take it all the politicians everyone take it and you got to tell the truth you got to tell the truth you can't just be up there lying to everybody and pretending that you know the emperor has clothes on when you can see that he's naked and it would actually fix so many problems because it's just a web after web of web of deceit and it gets to the point where people have become so deceitful that, you know, if you're someone who asks a question or has an alternative viewpoint or opinion, then, you know, you are made out to look like a crazy person and a bad guy 
if not, you know, a racist, murderous, transphobic, homophobic, xenophobic, anti-vax, anti-science bigot who wants everybody's grandma to die, um, which, you know, very few people are. I've never met someone who holds that position. Um, <laughs> but uh, according to Twitter, according to Twitter, they're all over the place. So that's it. Yeah. Adam, man, it's been a it's been a pleasure to talk to you, bro. Before we close this out, where can people find you and your work online? Where can people check out your artwork? OK, best place to find me is on Twitter um, at Adam Brimson. Um, and then the second place is my website, www.adambrimsondesigns.com. They're the main places. Fantastic. I'll put Thank those you for in having the me. description. Adam, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, God bless you. And uh, yeah, man, I'm glad to hear you've gone full time with the art. So keep it up, man. I appreciate it. Brilliant. Thanks, Obi. Take care. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. fame.